episode 186 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. Stephanie Myers is a retired music teacher. She is a new state representative in House District 86, elected in November. And she is the first transgender woman elected to serve in the Kansas legislature. I spoke to her recently during our diversity summit, and I share that conversation here in episode 186. First, let me tell you about the big story in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. Another installment in our Small Business Big Mission special report. This time we get an update on the original five companies we wrote about back in May. We check in six months later to see how they're doing as they make it through the pandemic. Some are struggling, some are expanding. Our coverage begins on page 16. Also this week, another in our Women Who Lead series. This month, Women Who Lead in Healthcare, featuring profiles of 19 leaders. That's on page 34. This week's list, three of them, the largest SBA loans in the area, the area's largest SBA lenders, and the area's largest nursing homes, pages 4, 6, and 10. We're here to help by providing business intelligence. We've got it every week in our leads section. Bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations who owes back taxes, court judgments. Our leads section this week begins on page 57. Equity Bank has been our sponsor from the start, episode one. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. State Representative-elect Stephanie Byers and I first spoke during the last month's diversity summit. Her one-on-one interview helped to demonstrate that diversity and inclusion go beyond race and sex. Talk about the 86th district. Give us uh, where that is, basically. It's, It's Jim Ward's district, right? Right. And so the north boundary is Douglas. Uh, South boundary is Pawnee. And the east boundary is Oliver. West boundary is uh, the river. Although it's not shaped as a rectangle, it's shaped more like a submarine. Right. That's exactly what I thought when I looked at the map. It's I was trying to figure out a way to describe it. And that's a very good way to describe it. Well, Stephanie, tell us about yourself. Where did you grow up? Uh, I'm a native Oklahoman. I grew up in Norman, Oklahoma. Um, I was a a child of the 60s and uh, an adolescent in the 70s and a young adult in the 80s. And, um, you know, so that's that's my home place and uh, and moved around after I graduated from college. What made you want to pursue music education? And we were talking a little while ago about those guitars that are hanging up on the wall behind you. You started uh, into music pretty early in your life. I did. I grew up in a church that uh, sang a cappella, so no instruments. And so I was always singing my entire life. Uh, My dad played guitar and taught me a few chords when I was very, very young. Uh, I entered into public school music when I was in the sixth grade. And my first band director, a gentleman named Chuck Papan, made us all feel so welcome and so wanted there that uh, I thought, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. So when I was 12 years old, I decided I was going to be a music educator. Where'd you go to college? I went to college at Oklahoma Christian University in Oklahoma City. And then I understand you got your master's at K-State? 
I did. I did my master's at Kansas State University. Great. Um, what made you want to run for the state house? You've retired as a music educator. You were at Wichita North teaching there. Were there other schools where you taught, first of all? Or did you teach your whole career at North? Um, I actually started teaching in Oklahoma. Uh, I taught at a private school there, and I went from that to a rural Colorado, uh, to where I taught kindergarten through 12th grade music, vocal, instrumental, general music. Uh, spent some time in central Arizona at a suburban high school, um, where I was the fifth assistant band director at a very huge band program, um, and then was given the opportunity to come to Wichita. And then when I first came here, I taught uh, in five different elementary schools as their band director. Uh, as well as splitting my time there and, and at Curtis Middle School for sixth grade band and was the assistant director at East High School for my very first year in Wichita. And then North High opened up and I started working at North High in 1991 and stayed there until I retired in 2018. So you were over band and orchestra at North. Did you teach marching band as well? That's part of it. I taught marching band, taught jazz band. Uh, North High School uh, was the only school in Kansas I know of that had a mariachi band program, and I taught oh, wow. that as well. So neat. Well, uh, I'll get back to that question that I asked before I got sidetracked a little bit. Talk about why you wanted to run for the state house. Why did you want it to be an elected official these days? You know, um, being a career educator, and especially during the the decades that I've been here in Kansas, and watching what happened with educational funding, you know, part of the state budget, a big chunk of it is spent on education. And whenever we've had financial difficulties, it seems like education has been the vehicle that's taken a, a big brunt of the losses. Um, it, it provided me with a with that sense of maybe that there was ways to make a difference if there was somebody who was an actual educator um, who could stand in those those offices and and as we debate those things and talk about those things bring up the perspective of what happens when we make budget cuts what happens in the classroom what happens with the student what happens with the students families uh, and what happens with the teachers because sometimes we forget the humanity involved when we're just looking at numbers on a page but having been a career educator and spending my time doing band and orchestra not a lot of time to actually voice those concerns other than maybe an email or a letter here and there when i retired in june 2019 uh, it gave me a new perspective because I found myself with time on my hands uh, to look at things from uh, different ways. And um, really, a whole chain of events took place in September of 2019 that opened those doors. I was the communications director for Wichita Pride, and we were getting ready to have our Pride Parade uh, that last Sunday in September of 2019. And um, it was it was interesting. My parents drove in from Arizona. My mom was walking through the crowd before the parade, handing out bottles of water and just telling people, hi, I'm Steph's mom and giving them a bottle of water and moving on. And she finally came to me and I said, what are you doing? And she told me, I said, you realize there are a thousand people here and maybe a hundred people know me. So you could be kind of confusing them. But she goes, no, 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 I'm campaign, campaigning for you. And I said, but I'm not running for office. And she said, well, you never know. And she walked away. Well, as that conversation that she walked into when she brought the water up to us and talked to us, I was talking with Lieutenant Governor Lynn Rogers and his wife, Chris. And my job for the Pride Parade was to drive them in a convertible down the parade route. And so as we were talking about what my mom had said during the parade, um, driving there, uh, Lieutenant Governor Rogers and Mrs. Rogers began to basically woodshed offices that they thought I would be you know, qualified to run 
for and would be a good fit. And of course, I've known the Rogers for a very long time since all three of their children were part of my band program at North High School. And so we had a pleasant conversation. At the end of the day, our pride board of directors were meeting again, kind of decompressing from the day and talking about how things had gone. And I mentioned how this had all unfolded. And one of our members said, well, you know, you live in House District 86 and Jim Ward is now running for the state Senate. So that's an open seat. If you'd like to explore this, talk to us and let us know. And I thought that was an interesting comment. So I kind of started thinking about that and putting it in perspective of the other things that happened in my life. A week later, I was standing in Washington, D.C. on a sidewalk outside of the U.S. Supreme Court building, uh, October 8th. They were listening to oral arguments in Bostock versus Clayton County. And um, I was a part of a rally taking place out there where I was speaking on behalf of GLSEN. In 2018, GLSEN had named me National Educator of the Year and invited me in to come speak. And as I'm standing there with all these thoughts in my head, the U.S. Supreme Court building behind me and looking at the dome of the U.S. Capitol on the other side, I realized that I was given an opportunity to let my voice be heard in more than just a rally here and there, but actually to possibly be able to make a difference. And so I came home uh, after that event and I said, let's make this happen. And we found our treasurer and began the process at that point. What an interesting confluence of events that led you to where you are today. And of course, you take take office uh, coming up in a couple of months. But your election obviously shows that your constituents support you. I assume not everyone uh, was necessarily pleased about your candidacy. They probably let you know that. I assume you are probably used to that. Uh, talk about that. Did you have criticism? And I know your opponent uh, did not make transgender uh, a part of the campaign. Right. The, actually, being transgender had very, very little to uh, do with it in any way, shape or form as far as anything negative coming about. Um, it, even throughout my career, when I transitioned uh, to being my authentic self in 2014, we expected there would be some backlash and there really, really wasn't. Uh, no backlash occurred uh, until I received the National Educator of the Year Award in 2018. And at that point in time, Westboro Baptist Church came and protested at the high school. But that was the extent of it uh, through my career. And then on this run for office, you know, the biggest complaints people had were, number one, I was a Democrat. Um, and, uh, you know, number two, that I came from a background of education and not as somebody who came from a, a law field. Uh, other than that, there really were, were no criticisms. That's great to hear. That's very good to hear. Uh, maybe we're making some progress uh, here in Wichita. When we talk about diversity and inclusion, we usually think along the lines of, of race, but we really do need to take a, a broader approach to diversity and inclusion, don't we? Absolutely. I think that diversity and inclusion, uh, oftentimes we want to compartmentalize it down into just a couple of areas, but it expands even further, even within race. Oftentimes we find that diversity and inclusion, we think predominantly of you know, the African-American community. We may think of the Hispanic community, but we also need to think of Native American communities. And we also need to think of Southeast Asian communities and other communities that exist within that. And then in the broader scope of things, we need to look at the diversity that exists when we include the LGBTQ community. Do you feel like a tra trailblazer? You know, that there, there's a heavy weight on my shoulders when I think about those things. Um, because that's the fact that, responsibility, that's for sure. 
It does. You know, when I transitioned in 2014, I, I transitioned for my own needs and uh, at the time had not set off to, to be an activist. That wasn't why I did it. But at the same time, because it was such a public thing, um, you know, North High School is the largest public high school in the state of Kansas. And I transitioned with 2,200 students there at the high school and everybody knows the band director. You know, if they don't know their name, they recognize them. Um, right. And, you know, the alumni that I've had and the community that we serve in Wichita in the broader sense of things, uh, it was very public. And you become an icon in, in many respects for other people who are looking for guidance. They're looking for someone that stands out as a success and someone that they can look to and say, that person is like me. This gives me hope that I can be a teacher too if I'm transgender. This gives me hope that, that I can do other things. And then having been elected or you know taking office in January, that opens that doorway even further so that people think that, begin to realize that their gender identity is not something to hold them back. It'll be something that, that is just one aspect of who they are, but the doors are open for other possibilities that they can go ahead and be successful in whatever aspects in life they set themselves out to do. Do you think your victory sends a message? You know, it, I think it does. And I think that we're at a point in time where I believe that we've started looking past some of these artificial divides we put up and we began to look at really what are the issues that impact me and my family uh, and how can the person that I vote for, how can they help represent that, those aspects that I find important to me? And I think that that's a, that's a great case. There was uh, a news article that was done uh, on me and a reporter interviewed some people that were that had just voted at the precinct uh, for precinct election poll for my, play, for my district here. And she asked someone, an older gentleman, and said, so who did you vote for? And he said that he had voted for my opponent. And then she asked, was Byers' status as transgender affecting that vote? And he said, no, I don't think it's important. And so she followed up and said, so what do you mean what's important? Because you know, I don't think whether someone's transgender or not is important. That doesn't matter. What really matters are the issues that are important to us. And to hear that coming from somebody who had every reason to use that and say, yeah, this is what it was. I think it, it's, a, it's a broad statement that we have moved past that place, at least for now and at least for here. And hopefully we can spread that even further out. Being invested as an invested teacher for so long, it, you've talked about it a little bit, but it sounds like education is really something you want to watch over and you want to shepherd uh, the spending uh, from the legislature on education going forward, right? Absolutely. And I think that education is going to have, it's, it, we're already seeing the challenges that are we're experiencing, especially with the given pandemic we're in. Um, education is encountering new ideas and, and, and difficulties that it really hasn't been prepared for. We've had the idea of distance learning for some time now, but when you look at remote learning and you know Wichita schools, for instance, right now, um, going into another quarter uh, where we're looking at the secondary level having learning from by remote, um, we start looking at, at how that really impacts. It's not, it's not just a money issue on that, but it's also a technology issue. Um, and it comes down to broadband access. It comes down to electronic you know, platforms, what's available in homes. And are we really meeting the needs of all Kansans, um, especially in those areas? And I think that education is gonna be one of the keystones that we look at moving forward into the future. Does your victory mean a little bit more 
in Kansas because it's been traditionally a conservative state. Again, you talked about how, you know, there were people even in your district voted for your opponent. Transgender wasn't an issue for them. Uh, is, does that surprise you since we're in Kansas, a little bit more conservative state? You know, I, I spent most of the campaign waiting for it to become an issue uh, in many respects and, and being prepared for it if it did. And the fact that it didn't, I think, is a huge step forward. It does make a difference because the fact that as a country, as a nation, you know, we, we tend to think of some places maybe being more accepting than others. Um, but if Kansas can make this reach across this divide and create a, a culture that can be accepting like this, we can helpful, hopefully then as a nation make those, those access across divides in other places across our, our states and our, and our, our communities um, so that it becomes more inclusive for everyone. Have you heard from other lawmakers, whether they were just elected, reelected? Uh, have you heard from other lawmakers since you've you had your victory? Quite a few, actually. Um, after the the primary, uh, when that, the results were announced at that, um, the next morning I had a phone call from Representative Deb Howland uh, in New Mexico. Um, I received a couple of, of letters and congratulations from other national representatives. And then here in Kansas, of course, I've, I've had uh, various communications from quite a few different people, uh, some retired lawmakers, uh, some current lawmakers, uh, as well as fellow uh, first-time runners uh, that uh, reached out to me as when, when the results were announced. Talk about your transition. You said it was in 2014, uh, and you said the reaction was pretty good. Talk about that a little bit more. When, when you first, I suppose, talked to your your building administrators and, and that sort of thing. Uh, how did that go? How did that transition go uh, for you? You know, it started during a, a different presidential administration, which meant that the Department of Education had different guidelines they were using at the time. Um, even with that being said, though, it's a very frightening thing. I've always known who I am, but I've not shared that with very many people outside because you, you don't know how the reactions would be. Um, but I reached a point in my life where I really needed to live authentically um, and bring bring who I was on the inside to the outside so everybody could see. And so I did some fishing around and asking, you know, because the district at that point in time, uh, Wichita schools didn't have specific policies in place. I had some general ideas. And so uh, I started off by asking what what would happen how how would the district respond to this what were the things we were doing my big goal was that i was so close to being eligible for retirement i i didn't want to find myself in a position where i was going to create more difficulties uh as i got closer to retirement so i started with that wichita public schools are site-based management so the next step after talking with people and our downtown office was to talk to my building administrator uh and he and i had known each other for a very long time at the time it was sherman paget and he welcomed me with open arms. And what he and other people in the district said was, how can we make this happen for you? What are the ways we can do this? And so we crafted our plan on how I would be able to live as my authentic self. On the very first day of school, when teachers report, uh, Mr. Paget, I was sitting in our cafeteria with all of our other faculty and staff. And he asked, you know, did the usual principal things and named off the people that had gotten married over the summer that would be going by new names and the people who may have been divorced over the summer that would have new names. 
uh, and then got to me and um, made a, a beautiful speech about the fact that what I was about to do was going to be very public, but at roots a very private thing, and um, gave resources for people if they had questions and things like that, and then introduced me as somebody that everybody had known previously, but now would be now would know as Stephanie Byers, and so the faculty wrapped up around me. Um, I don't know if I've ever been hugged so often in my entire life as that first day, um, but that opened the door. And then when well, the first day of class as a band orchestra director, um, two thirds of my students were students I'd had the year before, uh, you know, sophomores and juniors and then seniors. And so we sat down and, and I looked at them and I said, obviously we need to talk about something. And so here's what it is. Instead of Mr. Byers, it's now Ms. Byers. Most of you just call me buyers anyway, and that still works. And um, let's just talk about what my goals are for us musically through the year. You know, what it is we want to achieve marching band, what I want to achieve with orchestra. And, you know, we immediately went on into education. Because when you really boil it all down, my gender status, that's me. But and it, it has to do with how you react as far as, you know, the pronouns you use with me and the relationship that we have. But what I teach in my classroom is still music and it's still taught the same way and still the same voice that, that brought it through. And so the focus really was, was on that. Because for me, being transgender is no more of an identifier than the fact that I have brown eyes or the fact that I'm Chickasaw. Uh, I'm, I'm a member of the Chickasaw tribe of Oklahoma. Um, or the fact that I have a motorcycle parked in my garage, you know, and on a good day, you know, I might get out and ride it around. Those are all just aspects of, of who I am. Do you think the district does enough for other people who may be transgender uh, who come along after you in USD 259? Does the district set up to help them succeed as well? You know, the district is, is now practiced at it um, so that it's gotten to the point where it, it realizes that. Um, you know, the I was not the first. Um, yeah, I would be the first openly transgender person and the first person maybe transitioned on the job. Uh, there were other people before me that maybe not everyone was aware of their gender status because they may have been hired after they had already transitioned. And so it was a simple matter for them just to move on in. Um, and it's really hard to know because it's a personal thing. But I know that since that door was opened in a very public way, uh, through me with the school board, um, with the superintendency at the time, with so many principals, there have been other individuals who have been able to transition and teach as their authentic selves. What's the next step going forward as far as your, I guess, orientation into the Kansas legislature and your spot as a state representative? <laughs> you know, um, paperwork. I think that's that maybe the biggest thing. Um, I, Two days ago, I received a huge packet from legislative services with all kinds of forms to fill out and, and get things moving forward with that, uh, you know, and, and it's things that are just the, the basics of life, um, you know, just how filling out my W-4, filling out my K-4 uh, because I'm retired and legislators pay into the CAPERS system. I have a special form they have to fill out because I can't retire from CAPERS twice. Um, you know, so a lot of paperwork. Uh, you know, we've already located a, a rental for in Topeka for when we're in session up there. Um, and so those are the starts of it. We have uh, orientation for legislators coming up the first week of December. 
And, uh, you know, I'll be up there for that and learning the ropes from that. Um, and then looking forward to January when we really begin our sessions. Going up there in December, it may be a little cold for a motorcycle, so you may want to take the car up there. Uh, thank you for being with us. I want, we're coming up on time. I wanted to ask you, is there anything else you'd like us to know about Stephanie Byers? You know, I spent a lifetime uh, telling people that I'm willing to make a difference, and I really have tried. In our in my campaign, we've tagged at the end of things, willing to make a difference and daring to make history. But really what it comes down to is the people of House District 86 were the ones that were willing to make a difference. They were the ones that dared to make history by electing uh, someone like me into office. And I hope that the way that I serve will make them proud to have me as their legislator. Well, congratulations on your victory. And uh, we hope to talk to you again soon during the uh, legislative session to see how your first session went. Congratulations once again. Stephanie Byers is now the uh, House Representative elect in District 86 in the Kansas Legislature. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Well, we hope you're doing well. Wear a mask, keep your distance, avoid crowds, wash your hands, sacrifice now, and we can avoid more shutdowns. That's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 186. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter and thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com backslash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.